Hello and welcome to M&A Murders and Accusations, the good, the bad, and the ugly of selling your business. We dig into what you need to know and how not to kill the sell of your business. Now here's our host, Rick J. Krebs, Mergers and Acquisitions Advisor. Hello and welcome to the show. This is Rick J. Krebs, your M&A cowboy, coming to you from the mountains of Heber City, Utah. Welcome to the show. I'm really excited about our guest today, and uh, I'm pleased to welcome Michaela Weil. Hello, joining you from the mountains of of uh, Huntsville, I guess. Just, just, <laughs> just over the mountain. <laughs> exactly. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me, Rick. You're sure welcome, and thank you for for joining our show. I'm really excited about about what we're covering today, and today. We're going to talk about the good part of the business. You know, we're usually talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly. I'm talking about something good. And when I say good, I'm talking about reducing taxes. So I've used the Community Foundation of Utah now uh, for helping business owner clients reduce their taxes and increase the charitable contributions which they make successfully. And uh, that's why I wanted to invite Michaela to be on the show. Recently, we had a transaction where um, I had three partners that were selling a business, and one of the partners was was kind of just an investor partner, but uh, multimillionaire uh, partner. And um, he's actually the one and his advisors that introduced me to the Community Foundation of Utah. And uh, as I saw it work with this transaction, all once we introduced the the notion of how you can be charitable in your giving and reduce your taxes, uh, all of the partners were on board. Right, he's the one initiated that initiated it, and then all of the partners, the the owners, owner partners um, were interested in it and wanted to do it. So, first of all, before we get into this, uh, tell us a little bit about you, Michaela, and how you got to how you came to be uh, doing these donor advice advisory. Let's see, donor advised fund is a tip of the the correct term. No, I know <laughs> they're they're technically interchangeable, but you're good and. Um, Donor advice funds, they're they're great. And I'll get into that in a second. But um, my background is actually tech sales. And so complete 180 to to what I'm doing now in in a certain sense. Um, and you know, we moved to Utah in 2018. And I had a really cool opportunity to um join the community foundation team and actually run their donor services kind of department and those donor advised funds. So all of the donors, um, you know, within the foundation and then those donor advised funds, which make up a huge piece of, of our assets under management. Um, so it's been a, a really incredible, you know, opportunity to grow it. Um, and kind of part of the reason why I'm here and, and how we've grown it so significantly is through private stock donations that we're going to chat about. And I've done just about half a billion um, in private stock donations within the past five years. Wow. Did you say billion? Half a wow. billion. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of money. We're at like four to 450, 450 million. Um, so it's it's been incredible. Like it's it's a wonderful way to um, you know, maximize your tax benefit. And and I think it's, you know, that goes to show it. Very cool. So tell us something about yourself that's cool that most people wouldn't know. Oh, um, so I mentioned we live in Huntsville, which is is new, and we 
bought a, um, you know, a, a little bit of an older log cabin that we're fixing up. And part of the reason we moved up here was we have horses. Um, so we have a little, um, we, I have a one-year-old who we have a little uh, mini horse pony for her. And then my husband loves training um, and riding horses. And so we have another um, horse just in a back pasture that we're just, we love and I love the house of space, have the space to do it. So very you. Yeah. yeah. I didn't yeah. know that. I also am a lover of horses. We could talk for days about horses, but I love I'll, it. Let's do it. I'll have you over. <laughs> there we go. Okay. So my first question is you work for the community foundation of Utah. What is the community foundation of Utah? Absolutely. So community foundation of Utah, we've been around for 15 years. We started in 2008 um, and essentially we're, you know, our, our broad mission is to provide philanthropy for the state. We're a, a non-government organization, completely independent of that. We are a nonprofit ourselves and a sponsor of those donor advised funds. Um, essentially we, we like to approach philanthropy with a holistic view. Um, you know, how can we work with nonprofits? businesses, business owners, donors on, you know, finding the right fit within philanthropy for all of them. Um, we serve as a community convener um, and financial fiduciary for a lot of different, um, you know, organizations and and different projects that have been going on. One that we've been doing um, and had within this past year was the state appropriated $40 million for um, the Great Salt Lake. Um, so we actually house that money um, at the Community Foundation of Utah called the Great Salt Lake Water Enhancement Trust. Um, and it's a public-private partnership between the state and then the Nature Conservancy and Autobahn. And we're the neutral neutral financial intermediary between them. Um, so it's really fantastic to be right in the middle of such you know innovation and and really important, pivotal pieces of the state at this point. That's cool. Very cool. Been around 18 years, you said? And um, 15. 15 years. Gotcha. Yeah. Long time. Yeah, just- a long time. I know. But we're actually one of the youngest community foundations in the country. Um, Utah was the last um, state to get a community foundation that serves that statewide. Um, all the other, they're like Chicago, Boston, they're all like early 1900s. So, yeah, you know, wow. we're we're 15 and and just hitting adolescence here. Gotcha. And uh, a lot of the listeners are from out of the state. So if you're not from Utah, can they still work with you? Absolutely. We have many donors that are outside of Utah, and and it you know you do not have to have any sort of Utah ties. No matter if you're wanting to give here or not, you can give um, as as long as it's domestically domiciled. Gotcha. And so there's the Community Foundation, which is the organization that uh, is in charge of the money. But what's a donor advised advised fund? Tell us about that. What's the difference? Yes, very, very good point. And a donor advised fund is many people are likely familiar with the private foundation of that asset. You then gain advisory privileges of the cash, the public traded securities, or the private stock. So it, that's the key pivotal piece where a private foundation is different. 
Um, some of the benefits of a donor advised fund versus, you know, other vehicles are it's way less expensive to set up. It's it's very minimal to set up and very minimal effort. We joke that it takes as long for you to, you know, set open an account as it takes to fill out the paperwork, which is like wow. four page. It's very simple. Um, and we're the sponsor of the organization. So once you, like I said, donate those funds, we manage the rest for you. Um, there's no minimum payout like a private foundation has. So you don't have to do, you know, 5% annually to give that away or anything like that. We manage all the filings, everything um, that that you can think of that way. We manage that for you. Gotcha. And so let me get this straight. So we work with business owners on the sale of their business. And so when they sell, they donate the stock to the donor, a donor advised fund of their choice, right? Donor yeah. advised fund can be any charity, right? It can be a church, it can be philanthropic. Tell us about the allowable charities that people can donate to. Yeah. So essentially you'd set up the beneficiary. Think of it as a beneficiary. It's a little different of the donor advised fund, mm-hmm. those entities. So I, a donor advised fund is a conduit to give to them. Um, and it allows a lot of those organizations that don't have the sophistication to accept, you know, large donations or, you know, publicly traded securities um, or private stock. It allows them to receive those funds um, without the hassle of them accepting it directly. So we're the middleman that way. You can give from a donor advice fund, you can give to any 501c3 um that's in good standing with the irs that's domestically domiciled oh one second so 501c is any charity right any charity yep yep any charity that's in the united states so it could be a church obviously right yep yep Um, absolutely churches are are tax exempt um nonprofit entities okay so nonprofit charity it could be something like i've got a friend that does um He's, he's very concerned about the environment, right? And so he wants to uh, give his money to environmental causes. Or I'm just trying to think, give me some other examples of the charities that, that they've invested in. So um, you can always come to us and say, I want to give to this organization or I want to give to this church. And and we help make that, that uh, grant to them from your donor advice fund, not an issue. One of the, the kind of unique value propositions of the community foundation is, well, if you're like, I really want to work with the environment and I want to help achieve X, Y, and Z, we can help you kind of develop some, A, your strategy around your giving from a broader sense, but B, some of those organizations, whether they're local to where you live, um, from a national level, that all depends on your priorities. So, um, your friend who's super involved and in, in, interested in environment, um, you know, we would recommend a handful of grants that way. Um, if somebody's really interested, or a handful of organizations, excuse me, if somebody's really interested in um, homelessness, we, you know, will offer a few different um, organizations, and and we really try and be agnostic um, to as long as an organization is in good standing. 
we don't want to push somebody one way or the other, but we want to provide them with all the facts for them to make the right decision on the best organization that they feel, you know, their charitable funds can can go to. Right, right. And and right now in the movie theaters is a movie sound of three sound of freedom. And I'm yeah. getting the human trafficking. So could I invest yeah. in 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 Operation Underground Railroad, for instance? Absolutely. Absolutely. And we have many donors that, that, you know, have already done that. And it's, it's a very easy way to do it. Um, the only thing that you cannot do, which this doesn't have to do with Operation Underground Railroad, but as long as it's, it's, um, not any sort of lobbying or, or anything that wouldn't be considered like a true nonprofit entity, um, you also cannot receive any sort of excess benefit, uh, from the donation to a, an organization. So, for example, you support, um, you know, an organization that has a, a golf tournament coming up. You unfortunately can't use the donor advice funds to pay for that. You could make a blank donation to them and from the donor advice fund and then pay for the tournament separately. So that's just that's also a key you know, difference um, that there's no access benefit. Yep. Got to be careful. The IRS. Yeah, exactly. But we help you, you know, navigate all of that. Okay, great. So let's talk about the money. You know me, I've got to talk about the money and how it works. So just give me an example. Let's say that they're selling their business for $10 million. Yep. And um, how does it save them on their taxes? Walk me through, let's say they do 10%. So in the state of Utah, we have a lot of people that are members of the the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and and they do something called tithing where they give 10% of their earnings to the church, right? And so a lot of people do that. And let's say let's say that they're selling for $10 million and they want to give 10% of that to the church. Walk through me dollar-wise how that would save them on their taxes. Because I understand you, you invest on pre-tax dollars, which even kind of doubles down on the taxes, which I love. <laughs> so help me understand that. It's significant. It really is. So um, if you're going through a $10 million transaction and wanting to donate 10% of that, mm -hmm. uh, so we'd be looking at what a million dollars, yes. a million dollar donation there. Um, so you technically would receive the tax. We would give you the tax benefit based on the 10% of the business. And then you'd attach a valuation to your tax return which is how how the IRS would um, ultimately claim you that deduction. Um, the the tax benefit within, within it as a whole is you're, you will receive a 60%, usually 60% deduction on that 10% that you're giving. So of the, of the 1 million, um, which is, is significant there. And Oftentimes, if you were to compare it to a private foundation, it would be significantly less. Um, so you're looking at 60% right there, 60% deduction. Um, and then you will, um, uh, depending on the type of asset, which we'll get into that um, here shortly, but if it's an S-Corp, um, you're likely to pay unrelated business income tax on that donation, on that million. Now, unrelated business income tax, I highly recommend you connect with your accountant on, on all of it, depending on what your tax burden would be. Um, but looking at if you have an S-Corp, you're going to pay roughly between 22 and 24% of that amount in tax. 
Um, we have an entity, a trust entity that allows you to do that between 10 and 12%. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a significant, um, savings that way. And, you know, again, ultimately you look at long-term what your, your philanthropic goals are. Um, and usually this comes out, you know, well ahead of that. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's a huge piece. And, um, and then from there we're able to, um, pay any of the fees that are incurred from due diligencing, anything like that, out of the the proceeds from the donor advice fund. Um, generally, you know, it's important to note that this is done pre-sale, so before any sort of um, um, binding purchase agreement or anything like that is done. So you at the LOI stage, that's when you do it. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, and it can be after an LOI is signed. That's fine. It just cannot be anything binding. Generally, LOIs aren't, but you never know. Um, so as long as it's not binding that way, then you can go, um, you know, start the process. And generally, we ask for about two to three weeks to due diligence the asset. Um, and then once the official donation is actually made, which is an assignment of, you know, that, for example, 10% goes from the the donor to the Community Foundation of Utah, to the donor advice fund, essentially. And then we become a line item on your business's cap table. So we're paid out just as any other shareholder would be paid out at the time of a sale. Gotcha. Uh, works for C-Corps, S-Corps, LLCs? C-Corps, S-Corps, LLCs. Um, we've taken um, life insurance policies before, hmm. promissory notes. Um, we're, we're very flexible and that's something that, that gives us kind of a competitive edge over a lot of other entities is, is we're able to handle and accept complexity when it comes to these transactions. Um, we do not mind doing pass through gifts. So as Rick mentioned with a lot of people that are hoping to give, you know, to the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and the church is not willing to accept a certain asset for whatever reason, um, oftentimes they'll come through us and then we're a conduit to, you know, we're a means to an end. And so, you know, we don't have any issue with that way. Um, and we've accepted all sorts of real estate. We do prefer the real estate to be held within, uh, an LLC. Um, we like to joke that we're not going to be, um, you know, mowing the lawn or anything mm-hmm. kind of crazy like that. Um, we've accepted a, a wedding chapel in Vegas before. That was pretty funny. Oh, hopefully Elvis came with that one. I know, right? It was before my time, but I hope it happens again because I want to officiate one. But um, yeah, so it's it's we're very flexible on on kind of looking at any any piece of it. And as long as it's legal, we're willing to consider it. Gotcha. And it's stock sale and asset sale, right? Both of those. Stock work? sale and asset sale. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Right. So tell me, how do people know, or how do they get in touch with you? How do they learn about you? If they're interested in it, tell us how we learn more. Absolutely. So you can head to our website at www.utahcf, as in communityfoundation.org. And there will be information listed on there. Um, The other opportunity for you to just get in touch with me um, directly and my email address um, is Michaela, that's M-I-C-A-E-L-A 
at utahcf.org. So I'd be more than happy to connect with anybody on um, on this and kind of work through what the, the steps are and see if it would be a good fit. That sounds great. And I've worked with Michaela. They've been excellent, or not you specifically, but the Community Foundation of Utah worked with your your team and uh, recommend recommend them to anyone that's looking to save money on their taxes and and give some money to charities and good causes. So thank you for your time today, Michaela. Really appreciate it. And uh, nice to reconnect with you. And I appreciate the listeners joining our show, M&A Murders and Accusations. Today, it's the good. Not just the good, the bad, and the ugly. Today is the good of selling a business. And have a great day. Thank you. Thank you, Rick. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for attending our podcast. We invite you to join us for future episodes of M&A, Murders and Accusations, the good, the bad, and the ugly of selling your business. You can also visit us at www.bsalesgroup.com or email Rick directly at rick at bsalesgroup.com.